What's going on, everybody? This is Patriot Underground here. Now, before we get started tonight with the show, I want to say a few words on behalf of the company that I have partnered with to help folks protect their financial resources as we enter into the eye of the storm. Now, I don't think I need to remind everybody that this financial crash has been predicted for years, and now we are seeing everything unfold exactly the way the real financial advisors, the real professionals and experts out there have been telling us that it was going to. We have a brief window of opportunity here, folks, and I highly recommend that everybody get on board. We just saw Silicon Valley Bank go down last month, and just yesterday, First Republic was the second largest bank collapse in U.S. history. And let me tell you something, folks, we're not done. We're not even close to being done. This is a consolidation move. The big banks are eating up the little banks. They're preparing to roll out their central bank digital currency. The entire system is going to collapse. Oh, and by the way, dozens of regional bank stocks plummeted today as this banking crisis continues to gain momentum. All of them were down between 10 and close to 40% just today. So I urge everybody out there to seize this opportunity. Don't wait until it's too late. Protect your financial resources, roll over your 401k and your IRAs into precious metal backed, into gold backed currency. That is the wave of the future, folks. We know that this is a sound investment. It's been proven over and over and over again. And I can guarantee you that when the market crashes, gold and silver are going to skyrocket in price. Now, I am not a financial expert, as you know, but I have had financial experts on my show who have said exactly that. And I'm sure you've heard many other trusted sources out there warning folks of what's to come. Now is the time. Don't wait. Seize this opportunity, folks. Click the link in the description. And I guarantee you, folks, this will be the best financial decision that you've ever made. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. God bless and Godspeed. Enjoy the show. Patriot out. Thank you very much, Carrie. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is May 30th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So tonight, I am very excited to bring you round three with Carrie Cassidy and Gene Decode. These conversations are always full of incredible intel and analysis from two leaders in the truth movement. So it's my honor to bring them together once again to comment on what we're likely to see happen in the weeks ahead and everything that's been happening since the last time we spoke. Very, very pleased to get this conversation going. So let me start by welcoming my guest. First of all, Kerry, great to see you again. Thank you. And Gene, it's always a pleasure to have you back, my friend. Thank you, Patriot. Always an honor to be here. Always an honor to have both of you. So let's begin, guys. There's a lot going on in the world right now. We're kind of talking for a couple of minutes before we started to record. And I thought we could begin tonight with a discussion about the expansion of the war in Ukraine. Now, Gene, I know that this is an area where you're receiving a significant amount of intel. As a matter of fact, you kind of gave me a little uh, teaser in the beginning that you have some pretty amazing intel from a high-level Russian contact. So we're very curious to hear what that's all about. But certainly, it looks like now that Bakhmut has fallen, the expansion of the war is about to begin which I happen to think, and I probably assume that you guys would agree with me, is going to result in the dissolution of NATO. And I also happen to believe that we're going to be looking at some military coups, some defections along the way. 
We're already seeing the groundwork being laid with the truth about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline sabotage. And there have certainly been reports of covert meetings between Russia and Germany, as well as Russia and France. Not only that, we're seeing Zelensky cozy up to China, which I think is very interesting. So like I said, there's a lot going on and certainly behind the scenes and beneath the surface is where the real truth lies as usual. So I wanted to get your take on that. So Gene, why don't you give us a rundown of the latest on what's happening in Ukraine? Let us know what's going on, uh, the information that you got from your high level contact and we'll take it from there. So as you mentioned, you know, most people realize although the uh, kleptocrats of the uh, globalist satanic elite won't admit it, Bakhmut has fallen. They say they have like two blocks still that they can springboard a counteroffensive off. Um, no, completely gone. Uh, the Bakhmut is now named Artemovsk, which is the Russian name. That's what the Russians are calling it. And most of the rest of the world, other than the globalist controlled EU, NATO, UK, US block. So Artemovsk is now completely in Russian hands. Um, as far as a rapid expansion, they're trying to tantalize Russia into doing that. I don't think that's how the Russians are going to do this. They have been slow and plotting, and their whole point has never been to gain ground. It's been to get rid of the Ukrainian military. And in the course of events, the NATO and EU countries are getting rid of their fourth generation, you know, everything. Now they're sending, saying F-16s that they not, we're not gonna send. Now, of course, they're gonna send that because they all want F-35s. And that would be a prelude to generation, uh, I don't know what you'd call it because it came out in 1947, would be TR-3s. So they want to go to the higher technologies. They're dumping all this stuff. To me, it's, if you're, a EU or NATO bloc countries. Yeah, that's a deal. I'll drive my uh, 1907 Model T or something into the car lot and I'll get a one for one trade on a brand new Mercedes. So you sell your F-16 or give it to Ukraine and you get an F-35 one for one. Wow, what a deal. So the main ninth Kernzall missile Six of them came in. Of course, they said they got them all. As we saw the uh, Patriot missile system, then Kiev, they said, oh, no, it was just damaged. Yeah, damaged beyond, <laughs> beyond uh, repair. It's called debris. So that is completely gone. Pretty much Patriot has proven to be, I mean, it's like trying to shoot a bullet with an arrow. <laughs> it's like you're not going to hit something going high mock with something that's not, unless you have incredible timing. We watched it shoot over 30 missiles in two minutes, which at a million dollars shot is a lot of dumping of uh, taxpayer money. But at the same time, the Kersal missile that hit the bunker there, that was about 300 feet down of concrete reinforced with steel, that they have to have have people on the inside of the alliance because at the time, at the moment that missile hit, there was the highest of the high of the cabal in that bunker. So what was, I've been given clearance only with you, Patriot and Kerry to go into this. 
But Lord Maitreya was in that bunker at the time. That's the top of the cabal on earth. He was killed. The being fifth density Draco that was in him was captured using uh, electronic snare uh, technology. Kind of, that's as easy as I can explain it. The tech's kind of extremely high. The being that he had very advanced that he had I guess the only term I could use is possessed for a very long time. All he said when he died was, thank you for releasing me. I'm free, I'm free. So there were 300 generals. The Maitreya was chiding them for bluff, blundering the Ukraine situation so badly. Um, 200 NATO, EU, US, UK generals were there, all killed all of them. So it was 100 uh, Ukrainian generals, 300 of the EU NATO. So it was a massive coup for the alliance. So the alliance is trying to push the SBU, head of the SBU, I'm pretty darn sure is behind a, I think it was 19 or 16 drones launched uh, towards Moscow. Uh, this morning, I believe it was, and either this morning or yesterday morning, of which their defense systems took out all but six, three fell to the ground with under their own failures and three hit civilian targets. Putin's already talked about that. We will probably more than likely see retaliation if I was the head of the ES, the SBU for the, in other words, the Ukrainian Secret Service. I'd be somebody where somewhere really deep underground where a Kinzhal missile can't get me because I don't think they're going to continue. He has admitted openly now that he is the responsible person responsible for the free reporter that was killed in the EU, as well as Daria, the son, the daughter, the uh, high-level Russian uh, dignitary type people in Russia. So they have this hit list all over the world. I wouldn't be surprised if Carrie and I and you were on it. <laughs> they probably don't like us. We tell the truth about what's going on in the world. So there's a lot going on. And I think we'll, they're trying now the elite globalist satanic group to make it a freeze where they do like they did in Korea or use the East German models they're saying where Ukraine is split and you have a DMZ zone. I don't see how Russia will now take that deal and say that the in trade for that, we'll stop attacking the Russian forces. You stop attacking the rest of Ukraine. We'll let, never let Ukraine into NATO, but you will let Ukraine into the EU. I don't see how they can do that because that's just a forerunner. And they would just continue to rebuild it back up again and we'd have the same thing all over again. So right. they have stated their whole goal is denazification uh, and the uh, decodes are coming up on deep dives. We're showing how incredibly Nazified that area is beyond comprehension. Hitler wanted to make that 
pretty much the home of his his beloved Tyrolians in Crimea. He called it Gottenbau. And so he wanted to make that the home of the Aryans, as he stated. And he said that that originally where they came from when they're Hyperborean. Somewhat delusional, but... (laughs) You know, so that's a basically my start off. I'll turn it over to you, Patriot, and to Carrie. Thank you. Wow, that's a massive news, Gene. That is that's amazing. So, I guess that kind of begs the question then, and I can you know I'll turn it over to Carrie as well. But you know, now that this uh, a major portion of their leadership has been taken out, um, where do they go from here, and who's really in in charge? I mean, are they able to continue to fight on, Gene, uh, really quickly, and then I'll turn it over to Carrie. Oh yeah, what you're going to do though is you. That creates a power vacuum. And in an organization, I don't know if I'd call it that, but you're going to have dog eat dog fight for the top. So they will continue to fight on. They will never give up, even though they're in a panic mode. They don't do fair, but they're panicking about what to do, how to do it. You know, they're now saying the pipeline was you know, back to the Ukrainian thing with some patriot, Ukrainian patriots that are showing that they want to throw Ukraine under the bus um, and that the pipeline was Ukraine with a bunch of doctor and a bunch of civilians and went in there with, down to 200 and some feet deep, more, almost 300, uh-huh, with high-level explosives. Yeah, sure. And so um, we have that like continuing. And then... Um, Lindsey Graham was also talking to Zelensky and he said, you know, the he said they cut it and spliced it. And it's not the way he said it, but he said that Ukraine, you know, is the best money, best money we ever spent because Russians are dying. And he said they cut that, rearranged it. That's not the order. So now you're saying that Ukraine is doing propaganda with your visit. Your ally doesn't look good either. No, it certainly doesn't. All right, well, Carrie, let's go over to you. Uh, reactions to uh, the news that Gene just uh, laid on us, and then any intel or insights that you have about Ukraine and you know where this goes from here. Because as Gene pointed out, I mean, Bakhmut, we've been talking about now seemingly for months, and uh, you know the the Wagner Group, or I don't know if it's Wagner or Wagner how it's pronounced, but they came out and they announced. I think it was a couple of weekends ago that Bakhmut had fallen completely. And like Gene said, you know, they, they might be trying to propagandize us into thinking that the fight's still on there, but it seems as if uh, the main central hub of their underground network has been taken out. And then you couple that with the intel that Gene just laid on us, that's a pretty significant developments there. So uh, why don't you give us some commentary on that if you would, and then uh, I have some questions about, uh, actually a question I was gonna pitch to you about, uh, well, slightly different topic. So let's start with that. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, it's great to be here and uh, fascinating, Gene. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I think we're kind of uh, very lucky to get that angle on what's going on over there. Um, with the, it was the, the attack on what is in essence a uranium dump or deposit or something of that nature. And um, I, you know, I guess that sounds logical uh and i you know if that's your intel then you know i'm not gonna go one way or the other with it but uh i would question whether or not there's another layer to what's happening there 
as usual, because we have, you know, this is NATO, but at the same time, the underground base is there and everything, I mean, all of the bioweapons and the bioweapons labs were run, as far as I can understand, by the United States. So we, we say NATO, but when I think NATO, I think not the United States, other than the Biden show, which is kind of a, a, a very thin layer uh, covering what's really going on in the United States. So it's very difficult to see what players are going to be involved and who was there and who wasn't. But if the opportunity was used to attack a meeting, um, now I don't know if somebody would be stupid enough to hold a meeting with major leaders if it's filled with, your, you know, in, in a place that's obviously a good target with uh, uranium. Right. So maybe you can explain that, Gene, um, what the thinking would be there even, you know what I'm saying? Um, because these people, if they have a meeting in person, assuming that's what it was, um, you know, they have to be conscious that they've got enemies everywhere. So the enemies are going to try to target them and they're going to try to figure out where they're going to be. So and so. So that's kind of an interesting little drama in and of itself. Um, I am I am looking at the Ukraine situation and I think, as I have said a few times, that I, I think that Putin is really doing um, sort of a job. At the same time, I know that Zelensky made a deal early on with Klaus um, Schwab, not, is this Klaus? Yeah, it's Klaus Schwab, sometimes get the, the Klaus, never mind. Anyway, um, Charles and whatever. Uh, so what I'm saying here is that the deal was to decimate the surface of Ukraine so that they could rebuild it with all new buildings and infrastructure and so on. In other words, that was actually a deal made between Zelensky and Klaus Schwab. I think this was a public deal that they talked about um, because you know I'm not party to their private conversations. I actually heard this discussion. Most people didn't pay attention for some reason to that little part of the. He he did a whole meeting before the Ukraine war kicked off uh, with uh, Klaus Schwab, trying again to you know to make a deal to join the new world order, in essence. And um, and so. Do you see what I'm saying here that these people are um, making deals to get rid of what's on the surface and what and then maybe even to interfere or to take over the bioweapons? Maybe the plan originally was for, you know, the Nazis, Zelensky and crew and the New World Order uh, to go in and take over those labs from the United States. So the real battle could be, and Gene, again, you're the expert on this. You can come and tell me whether or not I'm right here on my instincts. But what I'm thinking is these labs were owned and run by the United States. NATO, uh, which in essence has become more or less um, not a, a not cooperating with the United States on any level because the real United States is run by, as you know, behind the scenes, Trump and company. Um, and, and this is where we get into some hazy, hazy stuff as well. So I'm happy to go back and forth with you a little bit. I think this is worth the time to delve into a bit more. Absolutely. So Gene, uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, you know, first point I think Carrie made was a, a good one. I mean, didn't wouldn't they be aware that uh, Russia has this type of weaponry that could hit them? 
uh, at an underground base like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then, you know, you can respond to anything else Carrie had to, uh, to say. Yeah, so the meeting was the one in Kiev, um, the bunker that they took out, not the one in Kamelnitsky where they oh. hit the uh, DU, the depleted uranium, as well as it now turns out it's likely that, um, I think it was, it's the head of the British uh, Secret Service, Wallace, uh, communicated with the head of the SBU of Ukraine with a picture, you know, congratulations on F-16s and Patriot missiles, or not Patriot, but um, the UK missile, the long range missile, my mind's a blank right now uh, for what the name of that is, but um, in the picture, it identified where they're stored. So that was also in the Kmelnitsky area. So the blast that went off, which spread some nuclear radiation, was because of the DU, the depleted uranium that they had tracked. Obviously, the Russians know pretty darn much, uh, pretty darn complete where everything is in Ukraine and when. So they blew that up. Uh, the area, um, you know, thanks to a lot of prayer and a lot of intercession of the alliance, the contaminated area is downwind for about 30 miles length and about 60 miles width for as far as alpha fallout into the ground for the dirt, the beautiful dirt of Ukraine. And that area is a growing basket for the uh, bread making wheat and grains of that area. And then, of course, into the water table and the uh, new, the uh, neutron didn't go very far. The gamma went in a bit into Romania, trying to ascertain whether it was through airborne at this time. I haven't gotten word yet or through tunnel systems or underground river systems. Of course, the tunnels is how Matria got there. He's not going to go above ground like Carrius covered. Most of, we used to see military troops moving all over the place. We don't see it anymore. Just like when I released, you know, the, the official date that the offensive started was the 24th. On the 17th, I said the Russians were in Ukraine on another interview. And I got attacked by people who track the tail numbers, the, the squat, you know, frequencies of all of that. How come there's no cyber activity, no squawking, no nothing? You really think you're going to do a secret attack and have all your aircraft and everything squawking, number one. You're going to move the people in through the air or even through rail. You're going to bring a lot of them in underground through tunnel systems. Russians have them too. Stalin put stuff all over. Hitler put uh, stuff all over. The Hyperboreans put stuff all over. I mean, Europe is like a uh, termite hill. <laughs> stuff everywhere. So Matria got to not to Kamelnitsky, but to Kiev. That was a meeting in Kiev through Maglev from where he was. I can't go into where he was at this time. So then on to the, um, when I say NATO or EU, it really is not relevant because it's all run by the same people. It's all run by the globalist elite that run the US, Canada, UK, you name it. It's all through the you know upper people that run the WEF, that run the 13 families of the black nobility, that run the lower 13 families that people know, like, you know, 
the Rothschilds and those, that's the lower half. Then you have the Orsinis, the Borgias, that on the top half. And those people run everything. And then it, you have the lower half that's running that part. And so the deal with Klaus Schwab that Zelensky made was for them to re, be able to rebuild. And of course, we already hear that BlackRock is coming in to you know, get that deal, to get the money and all of that and wind up owning Ukraine. They'll rebuild the whole thing, all of the resources and all of the parts and everything that works. That's how they always do it. And of course, the 30 plus bio facilities, whatever there is, Vicky, Vicky says, they're not really labs, they're just bio-research facilities uh, that uh, just happen to have some gain-of-function gain of research. <laughs> That's a bio-lab. Give me a break. Let's play word tic-tac-toe here. So um, those are owned by the big pharma, which, of course, are owned by the same people again. And you're talking, you know, Pfizer, and all of the uh, regular groups are in there that are owning all of those bio facilities that were just like Hitler, targeting Slavic people. They actually, during Hitler's time, were taking, it's called the Honor, uh, I can pronounce it, Honorby Project, in which they're grabbing women that had blue, blonde hair and blue eyes to create the perfect Aryan race. Their children, literally, even off the street to do that. And then they were sending them to, be adopted in Germany and other Germanic countries during World War II to have the perfect race. And they were actually removing people from Ukraine. A lot of the people there now are whole, like where uh, him and his secret compound in Ukraine. He didn't like to have Ukrainians, Hitler and him both looked at them as subhuman. They literally stated it and that they should not be educated other than to read road signs. That's all they're good for. And so he had a whole little town near him completely empty by the Nazi SS and high level troops. And an hour later, a whole bunch of German people were brought in and put in the homes. They walk into the home and in some cases there's still a hot meal on the table. So this is what they were planning for Ukraine and they did a significant job during the team time of World War II, the genocide of Ukraine is significant. Um, doing, there'll be a decode coming up pretty soon. We're doing it this week, uh, recording it, and it'll be live probably next week. But the genocides through Hungary, Romania, especially Ukraine, because of the black soil, the Nazis were shipping it back to Germany because the soils like Colonel McGregor and Scott Ritter have both said that you could stick a tire on the ground, it'll grow. You know, a stick in the ground, it'll grow. The soil is, you know, deep, dark, black uh, earth. It's incredibly organically rich and about 10 to 30 feet deep. That's why they had to wait this long to do an offensive, because it did not ever freeze and harden. So they could not do a winter offensive, the Russians or the Ukrainians, and now it's drying out finally. And they will be able to launch their counteroffensive to the, the offensive to the counteroffensive to the spring, summer, fall, counter, whatever that's offensive to everybody but, but the Satanists of the earth. <laughs> so that's where we sit. Whether they're actually, I don't think they have the weapons with all of the army missile attacks, drones, you name it, all over Western, most of the weapons are gone that we've already shipped them. What are they gonna use? 
what military do they have left? A whole lot of the barracks have been hit too. That's not being covered. You destroy your enemy before you engage, if you can. They know Ukraine better than I know my backyard, apparently, the Russians. They know exactly where every blade of grass is out there. Let's hit this little place. There's something there. So thank you. Go ahead, Patriot. Kerry. Excellent. Absolutely. Uh, Carrie, let me go back to you to respond to that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I do have something to say because I think there needs to be a clarification in there. Uh, so, um, Gene, you were talking about this, you know, a lot, you know, the, the, well, you call it an alliance. I think you mean the positive guys, but when I wouldn't necessarily, I would call them, uh, you know, whatever, the Galactic Federation angle, uh, at least partially, that uh, involves the New World Order group as well as um, you know, the, what we call the usual suspects. But I, I do have to make a line of demarcation, so to speak, with what I consider to be the United States government, the real patriots and you know, under Trump. And look, you're a soldier, you're part of that group, I would imagine. Um, so I would not group you and, and, and the soldiers and the, you know, what we really know is the real, um, the military loyal to Trump is how I would put it, I guess, most uh, understandably. And then that would include Space Force and, and different divisions of all the different aspects of the military, meaning Marines, Navy, Army, blah, blah, blah. So my understanding is uh, that a lot of those divisions are split. Some belong to the New World Order. You know, they have their, uh, yeah, uh, what what you call the um, the UN uh, outfits, like the even the police force, uh, sort of waiting in the closet for them to put those on and and hit the streets of America. So we have a, a very important split going on in America. But you can't under, in my view, there's some issue and this brings in the secret space program of course because when you're looking at underground bio labs and those bio labs you know you're absolutely right in saying that this is all about create it's actually about creating a, a humanity 3.0 so it's not simply making a blonde blue haired that's kind of the classic idea but the real idea behind that is the super soldier the what Mark Richards would call the passive super soldier. It is a race of super soldiers, and this is where the COVID came in, um, to convert our bodies from uh, silicon, uh, from uh, carbon-based to silicon-based, and to be able to tra travel in space to conquer other, other cultures out, out there in the outer space and so on and so forth, and to terraform other planets. So, Coming back to the story here, I'm just saying that you can't just say everything is owned and run by these cabalists, because as you know, you yourself fight on, I believe, the side of the patriots. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, sorry for any confusion. So, yes, Trump is the U.S. true government, as pretty much every patriot knows. And there is a huge schism within the U.S. military. It's like... Colonel McGregor was saying during World War II, he named them off the six four stars. That was it. We now have 40 something, 34, 44, some number like that. Uh, why? Because they get there because they're nothing but mouthpieces and 
we have a, <laughs> a somewhat uh, vulgar term for it in the Navy uh, when I was in the, you know, how did you gain rank uh, knee pads on. So that's pretty much a lot. Like when I was looking at staying to 30 or get, I had 21 and a half, I was contemplating, they, I was told point blank, you need to get out while you can. You're a dinosaur. Your type do not belong anymore because I stood up to things when I was given orders that were not legal. I would not do them. I was told to railroad somebody who worked for me out of the Navy, keep him up until he made mistakes, until he's busted for me six to five to four to three, all the way out with a dishonorable. And I said, dishonorable. And I said, why? Because we told you to. For what reason? None of your business. You do what you're being told. If you ever want to see another rank on your, you know, on your arm again. And that is what happened. I did not do it. I never saw another rank because they coated my service jacket and I got out. And at my retirement, I wound up having my friends set up my chairs at the Arizona Memorial on outside the squales and that no one was going to show up. Uh, I had requested it two months ahead of time for the CO and all that. And he showed up at the very last minute because he found out I had inside contacts in the Honolulu advertiser and photographers were there. And he showed up and I go, oh, found out it might be on the front page. Commanding officer doesn't show up for a high level military retirement. <laughs> Not looking good on the old dossier, huh? <laughs> so he did hand me my papers. But it was only him there with his driver and the command photographer. And then afterwards, I went to the command photographer to get the pictures. And he said, I cannot give them. I've been ordered not to. But I am a, the hidden group known as the Ishmaeli and the Magi that protect the bloodline of Christ. And give me your information and stay in contact with me. And in a few years, when I retire, I'll send them to you. And he did. So, yeah, they didn't like me. And they don't, at that time, they were weeding out the good people and putting in their stooges everywhere. And, you know, the infiltration has gotten bad. So we have two governments in the U.S. and most countries of the world. We have two militaries, just like we see in Germany with massive protests going on. It, how short of a memory do you have? T tiger tanks with German emblems in Ukraine. Going through Poland, Poland, hello, what did Hitler do in Poland to all the Polish people? Hello, you don't remember any of this? Are you not, how about going to Ukraine? CNN got kicked out of there, why? Because they're showing the satanic salute, which is called the Zygile, <laughs> which is actually a satanic salute. So also, the other thing that they're doing with Ukraine, like Kerry had mentioned the biolabs is to create siliconized human beings 3.0 for space battle, for taking over worlds throughout the Milky Way and beyond. And that it's a test ground. A lot of the Ukrainian military were super soldiers and they're having a lot of failures in the environment in which is happening because they did not understand the level of technology that Russia has and it's causing them to fail in battle. So that part of the big part of what RT Mosk battle was about to test out super soldiers under extremely hard meat grinder conditions and they didn't turn out well. So I guess guys, uh, 
for the cabal side of their satanic, I won't even call it alliance to keep uh, confusion out, uh, of their uh, tenuous group of agreeing millionaires and billionaires, as Simon called it in his song, you know, the miracle of the bomb and the baby carriage and all that stuff. He said, yeah, what kind of miracle is that? Uh, a loose affiliation, loose. Yeah, because you kill the top and they all fight amongst each other. Who's going to win? So this loose affiliation of millionaires and billionaires and trillionaires and quadrillionaires and on and on. So that's where we're, they're trying to get Ukraine the test ground for all of this and all the bio facilities and all of that. That's why there were so many there. It's also tried tied to Sudan with maglevs, Sudan. And that's why we saw the attacks in Sudan as we talked about on the last time. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you for clarifying that. Carrie, did you have anything you want me to add or uh, uh, that you wanted to add or should I just move on at this point? I want to give you the opportunity no, I, to respond. I, can I, I just throw one footnote in there for Gene to be thinking about, but not to answer necessarily right away. So there is this issue. You, you said something very interesting, at least to me, because you said some of the, I guess it was the uranium, you know, explosion at the dump, whatever you call that place. Uh, um, and you said some of it went into Romania. So, um, the Ukrainian, you know, uh, Uranium place went into Romania. And so I just want to say that there's a big issue with that, um, which we could bring up. And I don't know how the Romanians might have been dealing with that, but there's something to be said there because there's a whole big story about Romania and what's under the Romanian Sphinx, which I've already talked about before, but we could bring it up again. I assume Eugene are aware of all of that. And so our military is very much totally involved with the Romanian military. Okay. And our books out by Radu Sinemar, there's a, a whole series of books. Uh, I don't know what people like to call them. I refer to them as Transylvanian Sunrise and Moonrise, but there's a whole, they all have different titles. And they do talk about what went on, how the Romanian military works with the U.S. military underground in that series of tunnels there that actually go interdimensional. They also go to all the way to Egypt. They go to um, to uh, what you call Shambhala. You know, you know what I'm saying here, Gene, and they go direct to Iraq as well, underground in Iraq. So it's a whole network of tunnels going through Ukraine. I mean, Romania. And that's going to be a protected area as well, because there are mountains that is pure gold. So just want to footnote that. Okay, Gene, did you, do you want to comment on that? Sure. That was great. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> awesome. So yes, Buchegi Mountain, or Bucheg, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, right. my roommate coordinator bfs keeps correcting me <laughs> she's working on a decode on that some of the cinnabar books are still in romanian so she's in the process of a little bit complicated translating we'll be doing a decode on that on deep dives um the tunnels from bucheg i don't think the ra radiation is in that area i'm pretty darn sure it's not but it the tunnels for the remote viewing room there's also actually viewing the Time Christ in there, the guy Cinnabar, 
talks about that in the books, um, going all the way to Egypt, to the pyramids of Egypt, the Sphinx there, the two Sphinxes, the one in um, Lucheg and the one in Giza Plateau are completely linked. As Edgar Case talked about the ancient library hidden underneath the Sphinx in the pyramid of Egypt, there's a similar um, viewing of that, a viewing room that has a certain type of disc that you can view in that viewing room. It's essentially the library, but in a much more advanced format. Uh, pretty much the entire history of this galaxy, the human race, the wars, the electric wars, the pyramid wars, the wars, wars, wars. So the tunnel to Iraq actually is part of this, that goes to Syria as well, which is why Syria is so big right now. Because when they tried, Iraq primarily was to get a Stargate, a very powerful and special Stargate. Uh, they got the gate, but not the dial-up device, which makes it useless. It's kind of like having the car without the keys in the, for the ignition, nor the starter. <laughs> you know? And it's a very special one. You just can't plug in your, your TR3 unit or your viewing chair for Montauk into that and have it work. So he um, Saddam Hussein, the guy they captured, obviously not him. You don't grow two feet of beard in the short period between when he left and when it captured white. That means all the black stuff was cut off and he grew a big, long white beard in two months. Right. Sure. So they captured him. Him. It was a very terrible clone kind of creature thing. And he escaped to Syria with a dial-up device, which I don't know if they still have it there. And then also they go to Turkey and to Armenia. And of course, pretty much eventually everywhere because everywhere is a ground patch nowadays. Um, they also go, and I'll be doing a code on this on the hollow earth section I'm doing to the Valley of the Moon known as, uh, which actually down to Shambhala. Shambhala is the, one of the inner earth civilizations that is working with the Agarathans to clean out the tunnels from the inside up. In Tibet there, because the Tibet have been, that's in Tibet, the Valley of the Moon in the Himalayas in Tibet. They show it in the movie Lost Horizons, 1930s movie. It's an excellent movie. A lot of the footage has been recovered, unfortunately, not all of it. Uh, showing the Valley of the Moon and the secret energy devices and all of these things that are there. One thing that they're hesitant, why they're waiting for the offensive, the Russians, is that it's been in this takeout, they got information that they were apparently having some kind of insider there, obviously, to know that they were there at that Kinzhal missile attack. That they were talking about some type of high technology device that's a, I, I haven't verified this, but the rumor is that it could take out not just the earth, the solar system, but the galaxy. So that's true. They would likely not advance until they certified what is what. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, this is, this is uh, amazing that back and forth between the two of you is just, it's just so fascinating. I'm sitting back here taking notes, but Carrie, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here. Uh, I know that I think in one of our previous conversations, uh, we had brought up 
Astana in uh, Kazakhstan. Um, and I think you had talked about that. If I'm not mistaken, I may have been crossing the streams with someone else I talked about, but I don't think so. Um, I think we were talking about how Astana is a particularly important site uh, as it relates to the non-terrestrial agenda. And I also recently heard, I know that you listen to Juan uh, pretty frequently. I heard Juan allude to a connection between Astana and Antarctica, which is a subject that he's kind of hinted about, but he's really been reluctant to directly address. So I'm wondering if either you or Gene, but we'll go with Carrie first, uh, if you can talk about Astana, why is it so important uh, to the cabal and what are the connections to Antarctica? This, he was basically saying, uh, encouraging folks to sort of investigate the connection between uh, those two places. So any thoughts on that? Okay, uh, yes, a few. Uh, first of all, Astana and actually the whole country is landlocked. And therefore, it's considered by the cabal to be the safest place if we have a pole shift on the planet. Um, and therefore, they put their, a lot of their secret space program stuff there underground. Um, and they, you know, they completely control it. Uh, it's a futuristic city, as you may know, uh, on, on the surface. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it's not even as futuristic as it could be because, you know, certain technology they don't want to release or even have the public be access, accessing it. But uh, so that's important. Um, now, I don't know a lot about the connection between Antarctica and Astana or Kazakhstan. However, there could be, um, this is a, you know, this is just a sort of a psychic intuitive thing. There could be an underground connection um, to where is, you know, you're going down into the earth, you're basically, um, it, it, you know, there's like a triangular thing where they, they could meet. Okay, so, and, and this does just with uh, information put out just a couple of days ago, yesterday. This is Miller has suddenly been called in. My understanding, and now we don't know this for sure, but is the Biden administration called him in to suddenly target this research he had done many, many years ago that he outed on my show a year ago. And it's about the core has stopped. Okay, so the core stopped back in January, apparently. It's then I think it started up again. It didn't flip at that time. And, and you know, Gene can actually, you know, weigh in on all of this stuff as well. So, but now it stopped again. And so they called Richard Allen Miller and he is also, a, he is, his mother was a, a very uh, sort of, I guess, well-known psychic in the secret space world. And um, he himself has great psychic abilities, um, but he is real, he is, uh, you know, he's what you call a black project scientist going back for his whole life, pretty much. Um, you know, working back in the day. I mean, I've got so many interviews with him that you can learn everything, you know, just about that he likes to talk about, but he's also written something like 10 or 12 books or more. Um, so, you know, he's a very brilliant man. Um, but he recently just called me like two days ago and out of the blue said that, told me this, that they'd called him up to say, the course stopped again, what do they do? basically asking him how to deal with it. And the last time I interviewed him a year ago, 
you know, and I'm thinking I'll, I'll bring him on again to talk about new piece of information, but he basically just he, kind of funny. He's a friend really more than anything at this point. And he's just said, you know, they just called him up and I don't even know what he's going to do, but he's obviously been tasked to do something along the lines of prepare. And this is a year from now. So that's in late March, early April is this uh, what he called back a year ago, a Carrington like event that would not be uh, what we call extinction level. So the thing is, though, that now, fast forward to now and the phone call I had is where he's saying, suddenly he seems very much more sure that this thing is going to happen. Whereas the, a year ago when he did the show with me, he was being a lot more modest about it. Now he seems to be really aggressive about it. And like I said, he got called by the U.S. government to help them with the situation. So. I know this is just throwing every a wrench in everything and we're going in a different direction, but the, the Kazakhstan Antarctica connection, you know, still does deal with the secret space program. And by the way, this is like the elephant in the room. Okay. So we talk about the new world order constantly and all this. And we talk about even as Gene did the split in the militaries, but the, but the real crux of the matter, even with the white hats is how do you deal with a government that has been underground. This is the, the real definition of the deep state. Okay, this is the real government that has been running, is running things off world for us and has been dealing and making deals with extraterrestrial races, inner earth races, you name it. So how do you get in with those people and how do you negotiate with them as what they, they consider to be members of surface earth that they consider to be less important than what they do and the 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 stuff they they do um, negotiating with other races and so on. So that's where Kazakhstan, secret space, and Antarctica all sort of dovetail. So there's something there too. Awesome. All right. So Gene, same question to you. Can you give us any insights on Astana? Uh, Carrie, I think made an excellent point by tying in the secret space program. Uh, what can you tell us about the connection that Juan might have been alluding to? So my knowledge as far as Kazakhstan, of course, it's the capital of Kazakhstan. Um, pretty much most of the country is running on free energy. The, like Kerry said, the neocons, the dark forces feel that's the safest place on the pole shift or for whatever's coming. Um, they, it's interesting to know that they did an Antarctic expedition in 2017 that were, was quite extensive and that the Soviets during the time they held it, they were doing their nuclear tests in Kazakhstan. A lot of it is incredibly radioactive. There's essentially radiated to where a normal person wouldn't want to be there, let's put it that way. However, they put their gulags there uh, and that's screaming to me, super soldier testing to like we know with Hurricane Dorian in Pierre Island in Canada, for example, they were using the nuclear waste there and Dorian was used to take that facility out where they were the, the dark forces were, using nuclear radiation to try to enhance super soldiers there. 
So Stalin was trying to do the same thing in Kazakhstan. And of course, we know that um, Russia turning into the Soviet Union was the Black Hats trying to get a hold of Russia to control that vast, vast area, you know, massive amounts of different ores and timber and ability to grow a lot of wonderful things, a lot of ancient technology, a lot of massive underground sites, a lot of extremely ancient, even hyperborean massive walls where the blocks are literally millions of tons. They're the largest monolithic site on earth is in Siberia, not China, not Middle East, Siberia. It's the home of the Mon civilization. And um, Elon Musk and Rupert Murdoch are somehow involved in that Antarctic expedition that Kazakhstan went down to do. And so part of what Soviet Union, Stalin played him. He was actually a high level priest. And of course, their date of the foundation of Soviet Union was May Day, May, I believe it was May, you know, their highest holiday within the Beltane area. And so they were trying to get a hold of it, but he used all of it. And of course, Chase Manhattan was the first bank going in there and they were using all of that. He used it all to bring Russia from a peasant society into a vastly advanced society of high technology and having their own space programs equal to the US. And you know they were trying, of course, at that time, the Cold War was a total fiction on the Black Hat side. They are working together to take out worlds in the Milky Way and to get these high space programs together with China as well of the, the CPC in China. But then, of course, now we have the Xi on the doing a lot of the Putin kind of maneuver here. Or not Putin, but um, Stalin maneuver, although he's not as blood thirsty and horrifically bloodthirsty as Stalin was, where he put so many people to death, but he did bring their economy up to a level that was part of the US uh, and all of any other country on earth, including the dark fleet for the, the Fourth Reich and Fifth Reich type. So they got that level of technology in there. And so of course, all of their super soldier team being in that part of Kazakhstan. And of course, we know that the Fourth and Fifth Reich have a serious investment in starting with base 211, New Schwabaland, and then going further down into the inner earth in an agreement with the inner earth to have a small amount of land there, as long as they don't do certain things there. Um, that going with Elon and Rupert Murdoch and all of high level Kazakh to Antarctica in 2017. So many people were going there at that time. Of course, they never, you know, Trump wasn't supposed to get in there. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, they were going to start all of the stuff in 2016 with Hillary, including a food and famine. And then later in 2025, a pandemic and Trump got everything going way before their time. You force your enemy to play their hand way before they're set. 
And so they wound up having to use a lot of saline solutions and all kinds of different stuff because they weren't having everything in place to get, you don't get billions and billions and billions of the vials to where you need to go in the short of time they had. They were assembling them for years ahead of time, but they did not anticipate Trump getting in. Of course, he is totally the White Hat Alliance and the Galactic have put him as part of their ambassador and all of that. And of course, Melania and him are not originally completely from here. Let's just put it that way. Not completely their heritage, they're Druze. Uh, at least Trump is Druze. So I know that as well. So what's going on? It's that part I'm not sure of the tunnel connections. I, I'm nothing surprises me anymore. I started dubs. In the, in, the, in the 1990s, I had no idea. It's literally everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's like I had somebody on my second go, there's not tens of thousands of miles all over the earth, the tunnels and thousands of these dumps. You're absolutely right, sir. You're right. I was totally wrong. There's not tens of thousands. Seems there's hundreds of thousands or millions of miles of tunnels. It's like, and thousands, maybe tens of thousands of bases. So, it's vastly more extensive than we could ever have imagined. It's like uh, a honeycomb earth. <laughs> it's a beehive. Uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's insane how much they've quarried out and dug all over the place. It's amazing. The ground doesn't collapse. You know, sinkholes all over the place. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Carrie, I'll, I'll toss it back over to you if you'd like to uh, respond to anything that Gene just uh, pointed out there. I'm also curious too, uh, you know, I did a recent interview with uh, SG Anon. I know you did one very shortly after. And I think one of the topics that I talked to him about was, you know, the possibility of Zelensky maybe being maneuvered or puppeteered. Not that he's a good guy, but uh, possibly being a, uh, I don't want to say a white hat asset, but maybe they had gotten to him and flipped him. And Part of the basis for my thinking on that was, first of all, I read a, a Stormrider post that had kind of alluded to that, that the White Hats uh, may have actually gotten control of Zelensky. Now, at what point, I don't really know, and I'm not really sure um, if this is actually accurate. That's why I want to ask you guys about this. But I'm also getting more and more suspicious simply because he's warming up so much with China. And I think that uh, a couple a couple minutes ago, I think we kind of touched upon that a little bit. I can't remember which one of you actually mentioned uh, Xi Jinping. And so now that Zelensky is, you know, seeming to kind of cozy up to China and uh, isn't necessarily opposed to Taiwan's reunification with China, that leads me to question things a little bit, because in my view, Xi is a white hat along with Putin. And of course, Zelensky supposedly is the enemy of Russia. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, if, if, because I think uh, one of the things you had written to me uh, in response to that interview is that, you know, Zelensky is evil, uh, which I agree with, but I'm just curious, do you see, I mean, maybe I can ask you this way, what do you make of him sort of cozying up to Xi? And um, do you think that well, that might be some sort of an indicator that maybe it's not exactly as it seems on the surface? Uh, well, I mean, Needless to say that a lot of this drama that we're witnessing um, or supposed to be witnessing, some of which may not even be happening the way we think it's happening at all. But at any rate, um, it, it can lead you down in, you know, these rabbit holes. And I have to say that 
my um, sort of evaluation, first of all, China, when you say China, we're talking about the CCP. Those, that's the negative side of the deep state China. That's the Illuminati China. And um, for him to cozy up to them is like a no brainer. Of course he would, you know, why wouldn't he? Um, you know, he, he would like his, you know, bread buttered on both sides, you know, um, by the, the cabal, but also the Chinese side of the cabal. I don't, the trouble with uh, Xi is that Xi is also, I think, playing a double game. There is an interesting, um, you know, group of remote viewers uh, under Courtney Brown that are, uh, doing remote viewing, they happen to do a viewing on the future with uh, Xi and kind of who he is. And their readings on him were quite fascinating, indicating again that he may not be quite, um, I think the words were trustworthy, and that, you know, um, that maybe by definition of his 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 placement in the game you know his father was murdered i believe it was his father uh by the ccp uh he was educated in america yes there's reasons to believe that he is supposed to be part of the alliance and yet there's this issue that china has that they want to basically take control of taiwan which in and of itself is not necessarily a good thing I think Taiwan wants to maintain their um, sovereignty. And uh, they also remote viewed the woman running Taiwan at this time, forget her name, but uh, seeing that she was um, not necessarily a good hearted person, which is no big surprise, but that, you know, we know that Taiwan's like a mixed bag. It's a lot, it's similar in some ways to Ukraine. In other words, it's been the, the dumping ground, the backyard, the, you know, the place where the Kabbalists have been able to run their, you know, um, organ harvesting, child sacrificing, uh, human trafficking, organ, you know, um, sort of gambit there um, behind the scenes and with the help of the, probably the, the triad, because my understanding, if you go back to Fulford, is that the triad is running these countries um, and that's made up of various uh, of the, it gets very confusing, but, you know, the, the sort of Chinese and, and North Koreans, the Japanese, the whole Asian groups, right? Um, some of whom are bitter enemies. So when you look at, again, back to Zelensky, I would be very careful with thinking that because he's seeming to be playing a game with either Xi or the CCP, that's just part and parcel of the same thing he's doing with the New World Order. He's kind of like the um, the bratty kid, right? If you wanna symbolize kind of his, his country that's been used and abused and will sort of kiss anyone's ass if they give him enough money and guns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be his game as far as I can tell. Uh, and but he is definitely his. I think his closest alliance. This is maybe my extrapolation, but I would say it's with um, with Klaus Schwab. Uh, that's that's kind of what I got. That he he has some kind of master behind the scenes who's definitely manipulating him, and very definitely is quite likely to be what we call a dark magician. So um, I 
personally, my evaluation of him, estimation, I see him being totally controlled by someone behind the scenes. And therefore, if you're going to deal with him, you're going to really be dealing with the person who's, you know, he who, who has made him a puppet and probably made him a puppet in the true sense of that word that a dark magician would would utilize meaning uh, through possession, possession, and so on and so forth, which explains to some degree his, you got to look at his, his sort of trajectory of going from comedian to trans dresser to all that kind of stuff, right? There's something going on with him where he is not a firm, you know, personality, um, embodiment. He's even his, his body itself may not be his own anymore. Sorry to say, go into these where areas, but if you want to really get down to it, I mean, you have to be able to look at these individuals and actually see the layers uh, who of who they are, and uh, that I think is part of the reason why people have trouble evaluating the current state of global politics because there's so many layers and so many lies. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, one of the that this really kind of centers around an issue that I've been wondering about for quite some time, which is we understand that the black hats, the deep state, the new world order, they have their moles, they have their people all over the place. But it's also been made pretty clear to us patriots and, you know, people who are truth seekers, essentially, that it's not just the bad guys who have their plants. The white hats also have their people in place, shall we say. And yep. one of the things I've always been curious about is, you know, who are some of these individuals? Uh, maybe not Zelensky, but, you know, I, it's just, I throw that out there. Uh, and you actually brought up a, a lot of really interesting points that I think Gene can comment on. I'm curious, Gene, to hear your take on this as well. And also, you know, Carrie, you mentioned uh, Ben Fulford. I had a discussion with him not too long ago. I asked him about uh, basically the Pacific Rim and Southeast Asia and, and the whole issue of Taiwan and his take was that yes, there would be a reunification, but that it's not going to be a kinetic battle. Uh, that he thinks that it's going to be primarily through, I guess, diplomacy on the surface, but really coercion behind the scenes to kind of make uh, the situation in Taiwan go away without an actual kinetic fight. Now, personally, I have a kind of a difficult time seeing it that way because, as you pointed out, Carrie, it's, there are a lot of similarities between Ukraine and Taiwan. My understanding is they there are bio labs there, there are dumbs there. I'm sure Gene can talk about that as well. And one way or another, those need to be dealt with. So that being said, uh, Gene, I'll pass it over to you. Go ahead. So, yeah, I'll start with um, China, which I don't remember the famous person that said it. It's a mystery wrapped the leadership, the Chinese themselves, the people, the history is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, um, wrapped in, in a riddle. <laughs> so it's um, funny, actually, Jim Willie, I think, said that when I asked him about China, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's something Carrie probably knows, as she also knows I'm the person that is uh, the warlord running um, Zelensky. It's not Zelensky. It's nothing but a talking. Oh, word. well, that, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Um, but that is somebody, George Webb, his, his name is escaping me, but that's very well known. Yes. Okay. Although I would question whether he's, you know, he's the front guy running him. There's probably, a, like I said, a, a darker magician than that guy, because I don't see that particular um, billionaire as being necessarily a, a dark magician. 
on the level that that I'm talking about. Yeah, that's why apparently I can never remember the person's name because I know that person's not running the show for Ukraine at the top. Not if you had Matria there. Whoever's running it is way higher up than that. It's like China. It's so convoluted. The triads have their own high-level space program for quite a long time. And, you know, the triads, then you have the Lee family, which is the lower order of the upper level, <laughs> the lower level of the of the black family. So one of the 13 lower families that's run China forever. Uh, and once it, especially once it was unified. Um, with Xi, it's complicated. When his father uh let's see if i can remember Xi, Xi, i'll probably not pronounce this z-h-o-n-g-z-u-n i believe it is um fell out of favor in the 60s in the early 60s um, with the communist ideals that was when Xi was uh Xi jinping was nine years old and so at that G allowed G to get to where he is. So he obviously has to play things very like Stalin did. Um, I look at him the same as Kerry said. I don't know, 100% I'd say he's a white hat. I would say maybe there's a little bit of gray ribbon in there somewhere, or gray fabric, gray threads, a lot like Jelinski, you're going, but with more finesse and more knowledge and more, you're going to play whatever gets you and your family the greatest benefits. So you look at that and you create all of that interconnection. Um, it gets very, very, very complicated. As far as Taiwan, it's darn close to being a dumb under Taiwan. I mean, it's like South mm -hmm. Africa. It's a dumb. <laughs> you know, under Taiwan, pretty much, it's a dumb going out into the South China Sea. And there's so many tunnels and stuff to for the Chinese to go into Taiwan. They don't have to do a ground invasion. They got so much tunnels going to the dumb in Taiwan is beyond comprehension. They have the Chinese have such a massive dumb network of huge bases and underground cities pretty much for a least from what I've been able to reconnoiter, a third of their population could go under. If they were looking at a global nuclear attack, they could send a, they could save a third of their population. That's a huge statement considering their population. They look at that population as, you know, like any, uh, person on either side, uh, but uh, definitely on the cabal side, they look at that as a buffer zone. So you want to keep those people so that you have a buffer zone and you have an army at your beck and call. Um, originally, the cabal's idea was to nuke the whole rest of the world, save the Chinese people, the only people that will not rebel in slavery. They've been enslaved forever and bring them back to the Chinese mainland for all their ghost cities they built. They have massive amounts of cities that have nobody in them that they built for that exact reason. And to get rid of everybody else on earth. <laughs> you know, so we got this part of the cabal planning this, this part of the cabal planning that. It's this really weird affiliation. And now with 
you know, matriagon and who, who winds up on top and who goes, you know, but of course he's just the top of the hum, human level of it. And then you go into the non-terrestrial levels of it. So then you go, but of course what was in him was a fifth density high level Draco. So now that thing's captured. So who knows how that's going to turn out too. I'm sure that being's now an Andromeda somewhere on the planet there for tribunal. So um, there's so much going on. It's very, very hard to know what is and what isn't. It's like you look, you know, what most people think is going on in Ukraine isn't even remotely close. What Carrie and I think is a totally different thing. And who knows how accurate we are. <laughs> Maybe there's even more below that level. Every time I dig, I go, suddenly I'll come out through another hole or tunnel or something and go, holy smoke, it's completely different than what I thought. That's another layer of a lie. Uh, whether it's on or misinformation or disinformation, whether it's on the cabal side or the alliance side, it goes the same way. And they're totally use each other's own techniques on each other and within each other. And you have, I know from my own military days when I was on submarine and I'm being briefed after everybody else is briefed, you know, I'm briefed and then the war room's briefed and then the captain and me and a few other officers are briefed and then I'm briefed separately. Well, I'm, I don't have to know rocket science to know I've been given a higher clearance than the captain of the ship. And, I, and he's telling me something completely different. It's just like this, completely different what we're doing out there. Right. And I'm going, so whoever told you to tell me this, who, what he told you is obviously completely different because I've listened to five different complete stories now. And what he, you were told isn't even it either. And it took me 40 years to put together what we were actually doing out there. And it turned out all linked to this stuff, to the dumbs and going off world with submarines from the Atlantic. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> we were going off world. I was like, putting all this together. I'm like, huh. And winding up and I wondered why when we come out and the ocean wouldn't sound right. Because I recognize I've been under the ocean so much, 12 years of my life, I can recognize where I am under the ocean within 15 minutes. And it didn't sound right. I'm like, this doesn't sound like any ocean I've ever heard on Earth. I, he goes, well, it's a special place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, now, now I look. Not on Earth. <laughs> so so uh, thank you. Yeah, it's confusing, <laughs> say the least. Well, it definitely is. You know, every time I, I raise the topic of China, it, it gets very complex. And uh, certainly there's a lot of mystery there, a lot of, uh, you know, enigma wrapped inside mystery, however the saying goes. But uh, certainly uh, I think it's a very interesting topic. And I think it's one we're going to be discussing a lot in the weeks and months ahead, because as Gene pointed out, I mean, if the entire island of Taiwan is a dom essentially underneath that, that would seem to me to indicate that uh, we're going to see some military action there. So let's switch gears a little bit, and uh, and certainly, Carrie, you can jump in if you uh, wanted to comment on anything that Gene had to say. And I'll I'll throw this next question to you. Uh, still, kind of, you know, we're still focusing on geopolitics a little bit, but I wanted to talk about false flags because you know now we you know we kind of let off tonight with the discussion about the underground network in Ukraine and Bakhmut, more or less being in alliance control, and not only that, we've seen the movement of at least this is the story that's going around, the movement of tactical nukes into Belarus. And this is certainly uh, nothing new. We knew this was in the works, but uh, Lukashenko just came out last week 
And he verified for the media right before uh, he was rushed to the hospital in a very similar fashion to Bolsonaro, which I think is interesting. But he made that announcement for the media that, yes, in fact, there are tactical nukes uh, deployed in uh, in Ukraine. I'm sorry, in, uh, in Belarus. So this we had this official announcement following the fall of Bakhmut. And that seems to me to be very well-timed, specifically to function as a warning to NATO and to the U.S. not to expand the war, especially under false pretenses. In other words, Russia, I think, is expecting an event, perhaps a nuclear false flag, that will draw NATO member nation states into the conflict directly, and of course, the U.S. as well. And we also know that this historically is how they've been able to engineer both regional and worldwide confrontation by working the public up into a frenzy using this tactic of false flags. So I'm curious, and I want to get your take, uh, basically both of you, McCary, we'll go to you first. Uh, do you see a connection there between the fall of Bakhmut and the alliance taking control of the underground network, there are at least major portions of it, and the deployment of tactical nukes in Belarus? And really on the topic of false flags in general, uh, how do you think that the cabal is going to attempt to escalate this from this point? Because it certainly seems that they're losing massively. And it's very clear that the momentum, is, it's shifting. I mean, even in the, in the mainstream, they're starting to kind of change their tune a little bit here. So what do you think is the next move? Do you think we're going to see some sort of a, a false flag nuclear event in Europe? And uh, what will the U.S. do? What will the response be from NATO? Well, that's a problem because from what I understand, uh, that is a shifting, that's on shifting sands. That situation has shifted a number of times. Now, the latest thing of tactical nukes, nukes going into Belarus, like announcing that, um, again, these, these kind of, you know, people we're dealing with, when they make a major announcement for the media, um, maybe you could be guaranteed that that's actually a misdirect of some kind. Um, just my thought on that. Uh, I, I have to tell you, I, I, I think I mentioned this, but I don't know if I mentioned this to you on this show or another show in the past, but this is uh, going back now several months. I had actually a, a dream that I never have, you know, my dreams do come true and that's why I pay attention to, to them. Okay, so let me have that caveat first of all. But I had a dream that I never have, which was of a nuke in a car this being driven along a coastline by a person <clears throat> and I was seeing through the eyes of the person who was driving and they couldn't wait to get rid of it, to drop it off wherever it was supposed to go. And um, can't remember if there was more to that dream or not. I think I did write some of it down. But at any rate, um, when I came awake, that was a very strange dream to have. And my feeling about it was that it was in Ukraine on one of the coastlines, but I could be wrong about that. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying this is an, an accurate dream. However, I've never had a dream like that in my life. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever dreamed exactly of nukes. I might've dreamed, uh, and I have to, you know, full disclosure here. I did have one dream of the future in which I might be in an area where there has been some kind of nuclear release and it that one is in the united states but it wasn't to do with i didn't i didn't have anything you know in my dream i didn't see the new 
all that kind of thing. It was it was actually a dream after the fact of a radiation filled environment where I was sort of being helped and secreted away with a, a group of people to avoid getting radiation or something. But this dream to get back to the car nuke, as I said, was a few a couple months ago or 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 even time i can't keep track of time lately but it's something around you know maybe even six months or less i wrote to juan who i do have text communication with he never answers me anymore we had a about a year where we went back and forth on the text then he just cut off all communication right around december i think it was um trying to remember if it was December before the election or after the election. Sorry, I can't remember the exact thing. I'm sure I can you know, document it, but it doesn't matter. Point being, I had like a year worth of communication via text and then he didn't, as far as I know, got rid of me, but, and I have talked to him in person about it. He said, you know, he had, now he has a committee because he has like something like six cell phones and he gets text on all of them. He can't handle it all. And so God knows who reads my texts. If they, if the NSA, maybe they do it through the AI, whatever the hell. All I'm saying is I did tell him about that dream. So in answer to your question about these false flags and things that are being said about Belarus, I think that sounds like a major mis misdirect to me that the president very nicely announcing that that's happening. It isn't to say they aren't putting, you know, nukes everywhere. I mean, that you know, whatever they deem could be a future battle zone, they could probably be doing that. But it's not the kind of thing you announce, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like painting a target on your head or, or something. Um, so it just seems too convenient to me that day. you know hello press we have these nukes coming into belarus because we're going to do some business there it just sounds insane so that's my take on that part but based on my dream uh it was a much more clandestine thing it's also the thing is that juan has recently said in essence that they are already uh, doing tactical nukes of Ukraine, and they're not reporting it. Now, maybe Jean could, could jump in here, but um, on top of it, the depleted uranium that is on maybe even in more than one location that was moved into place even before the war started, you see, these kinds of things have been going on. Um, and again, these are military things, right? These are military targets we're talking about. The false flag is, you know, why do you do that? You do that because you want to draw attention to an area. In my view, we're way past false flags in Ukraine. And that's, I know that sounds crazy, but that's the way I see it. I wouldn't consider somebody deciding to release a tactical nuke in Ukraine as a false flag, I would consider it as just business as usual in a military warlike setting, you know, so maybe we're, you know, fighting over words here, but so that, those are my comments, actually. So actually, I hadn't heard that. <clears throat> you, you said that one said that they're actually, this is actually going on in Ukraine already? Yes, tactical nukes in, already. In a, recent, in a recent interview, he said it, it was kind of like a one liner, like he does. And he just said they're already doing um, kind of like tactical nukes the way they these are not nukes that have he 
keeps saying this. He keeps saying they don't have a big range. They're not even city-sized nukes. They're smaller. They're very targeted. Yeah, they could take out a couple of city blocks, I think, or something. Yeah, whatever it happens to be. But, and and let me just address this because I've talked about it before, but I want to be, be clear about this. My take on that, again, is also that why would they even bother with these nukes? Because in essence, and Gene's going to know what I'm talking about, these are old technology. Any nukes, as far as I'm concerned, are is old technology because they have particle beam weapons and frequency weapons that can do a much better job, uh, whatever they want to do. And they can target. I mean, I have been told that they can have six people standing around and target two of them. I mean, that's how specific the, the type of weaponry they have. And um, they can also demolish individuals like, you know, just vaporize, I guess you call it, you know. So mm -hmm. this kind of thing where, you know, nuke and all this kind of stupidness, um, I just I consider it old technology. But I did have that dream of the nuke. It was a suitcase size nuke or a football size, actually, big, a little bigger than a football. It was in the trunk of a car. I mean, for God's sake, why would I even dream that? It's insane. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I saw. Yeah, well, you know what? The reason I'm curious is because, you know, you, we brought Juan back into the conversation here is that he's, of course, been talking for a long time, as you know, about there's going to be a Cuban Missile Crisis 2.0 type of scenario That's before true. this is all mm -hmm. over, um, which, you know, it seems as if that narrative is being drummed up. So let me uh, let me ask Gene to kind of comment, weigh in on that. What do you see happening there in Belarus, Gene? Do you think we're going to see some sort of a, an event there that's designed to escalate the war that could involve uh, tactical nukes or at least what appear to be uh, tactical nuclear weapons? What, what's your take on that? Do you think this is all a misdirect, uh, like Kerry was saying, or do you think that there's the likelihood that we're going to see some kind of a false flag in that vein? So, um, of course, I think a few people are aware they're trying again to do a color revolution in Belarus and Putin. They're they're saying they're trying to. And Putin has stated, go ahead and try. We have our nuclear weapons there. As I told you, we were going to. We did station, you know, not ballistic types, but regular nuclear weapons are stationed in Belarus. Go ahead and try, let alone the fact they have 200,000 military, Russian military, seasoned personnel along the border of Ukraine. And most of the missiles and those things are coming from MiGs, uh, high advanced MiGs and other things flying in Belarus, the stuff on Kiev. A lot of the Kinzhal missiles are not coming from submarines all the way across Ukraine. Why bother? when you, you could shoot it that close and it would make it extremely hard to take it down, let alone the speed at which it's going. It's, I mean, hypersonic means beyond Mach 4. So you're talking extreme speeds. So um, I did want to segue briefly into it's, the quote is attributed to Churchill, but it came from a, a poet or writer much older, but he said that it was Russia is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside enigma but it is from a a somebody like a writer from much much before his time 
So going to Taiwan, I do not think that will become a physical conflict on the ground. We may have stuff under the ground, but I don't see it becoming physically on the ground. China could, could make that thing a smoking heap in an hour, the entire you know, Taiwan. There would be not a person or building or anything. It depended, you know, China is so close and their technology is so advanced. And then on what um, the Terry said about the nukes and tactical nukes, it's so old, it's beyond belief. That's not what they're using because you could track that stuff, even if it's deep under the earth. They have technology that can see miles down, hundreds of miles down to for that type of technology. And I did want to refer to the dreams. I've had dreams all my life about things like that saved my life quite a few times. I had a dream at 19 and then it started setting itself up. It was a dream about being in a party and I got shot and killed in the party. And then in night, when I was 29, I had a Japanese girlfriend in Hawaii and she said, let's go to this party. I go, who's going to be there? And I suddenly re realized all the people she was saying, I now knew. So I didn't go to the party. And the next day I said, let's go have a romantic dinner instead. And she said, oh yeah, that'd be nice. So I'll take you to the best restaurant in the whole island. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the next day she said, man, it's amazing. Did you know somehow? Did I know what? A guy pulled out a gun and it went right between my sister and this other person. And I go, yeah, I had an inkling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I would have been standing that I had in my dreams. So I've always listened to those dreams. I've had dreams, like I've said, I actually dreamed when I was all my younger years, many, many, many hundreds of them, of the whole world going up in a nuclear catastrophe. Uh, and then Hillary got in and it did. And then they changed the timelines and Trump got in. I'm like, yay, uh, they be God. But, you know, look, that's amazing. <laughs> so that's wonderful. So I said, not the same this time. <laughs> you know, so I always pay attention to dreams. They almost, you know, those kind of prophetic dreams uh, pretty much always come true. So what they're using in Ukraine is a, a series of different high end tech that they're experimenting, like they do nukes. They want to figure out oh, back in, 40s when they came out they went forward with the eldritch on this timeline on my original timeline was the underwood um, from philadelphia harbor to boston harbor to get the technology to their concern was they would turn the earth into a sun it would create a chain reaction and so that's why the primary reason for the Philadelphia experiment was to refine the technology and all the tests. I mean, I mean, once you make a big, huge kaboom, what's the point of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tests all over Bikini Atoll, all these places, and Russians doing it all over? And what's the point? It's to refine the technology. So now, with the more advanced technologies, they're doing the same thing. So the, the small tactical weapons they're using are antimatter bombs that have no nuclear signature at all. Wow. Antimatter containment device, you break the containment, matter and antimix together. Nuclear blast, you're not getting a significant change of matter to energy. With matter to antimatter, it's 100%. So you could have a material, amount of material antimatter, something that would sit on the head of a pin and it would take out half a city so you have to only have a couple atoms of this stuff. And then for the very small targeted devices, 
to take out two out of six people, like Carrie is saying. Um, those are like the technology I learned about in, during my time in the submarines, where we had submarines disappear that were getting ready to launch, and the Alliance removed them using interdimensional technology where they move the submarine into another dimension, like what is, happens frequently in several areas, one being the Bermuda Triangle. And so that technology is also being tested. They could go to a building. Some of the big buildings we saw collapse in Artie Mosk, previously known as Bakhmut, where the whole building collapsed. It's just a small antimatter device, very, very tiny. Um, for the tour people within six, you're talking a space folder or an interdimensional rip where you rip, you could literally have people hugging each other. You could target their DNA and shift that DNA specifically. And then you could rip them out of this space time somewhere else. So they're testing technologies that the secret space program have. It's the big reason really for UK, the Ukraine by UK, I mean Ukraine, is that they're getting rid of all the old garbage and testing the new stuff. So yeah, let's trade in all our old stuff and tell the taxpayers that, you know, we got to fund all this new stuff because we sent all our old stuff to Ukraine because we don't have any more ammo. We don't have any more Tigers. We don't have any more F-16s. We don't, yeah, we want F-35s for the pathetic technology to, to EU and NATO, they'll have the pathetic stuff and then we'll get the high-end stuff. That's how we pay for it. So totally agree with everything both of you said. So um, other than I do not see and never have seen a physical conflict in Taiwan. I don't see it happening um, psychically in my dreams or any other way in my information and my research. They're not going to go there because it doesn't serve either side or any let's it's not even that simple it doesn't serve any side we'll just put it that way thank you awesome carrie anything you want to uh comment on with, uh before we get into ai uh <laughs> a loaded because that's a big one yeah uh well i yeah and you know i'm glad that gene is is sort of ex expanding on the, these ideas um yeah, I um, I had something, but I think it's it's actually gone out of my mind what I was going to say. But um, there there is this issue with um, Ukraine in general. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so this is the scene that I was told. I was basically told, yes, we're going to have war with China, which is war with Ukraine is partly an expansion of or a, or an entree, let's say, onto the war with China. Okay, and the alignment between, as you can't ignore, uh, basically Iran and China, okay, and then supposedly Russia. But the thing is that what I was told is that war is a planned war by probably both sides, but especially by the cabal, and that they were, are basically going to use that war as they're using Ukraine now as a testing ground for all their new technology. So behind the scenes, on the front, we see these old-fashioned things and this emphasis on old-fashioned tech. And then behind the scenes, they're using the new tech or testing it out. 
and that that is actually a whole preliminary to a war with with the off-world worlders so with aliens or whatever you want to call them so that this war with china is actually a preparation it's it's like um a training ground for what is going to be the war with aliens that's the real war coming but that's what okay. i was told well actually this is a nice little segue into the next topic of ai I and mean, this is a topic that i know is a favorite of both of yours so you know i mean carrie you've been very critical and others as well i mean i have talked about this that the ukraine war is essentially a dog and pony show and this is kind of what we're talking about right now with the expending all the old ammunition all of the old technology and basically ushering in the new uh, but basically, the idea is that both sides are kind of letting this play out to distract us from the real battles in both the galactic realm and, of course, beneath the surface, like we've already talked about tonight. And ultimately, I think, Carrie, you've dubbed this conflict, in essence, as a war over who controls the AI. And basically, we've come to discover that it's the AI that is masterminding so much of this 5D chess match, if you want to call it that. Now, the last couple of times we spoke, the three of us, we had a pretty in-depth conversation on AI. And I wanted to kind of continue in that vein a little bit more. So Carrie, could you break down for us why what we're seeing play out optically is a distraction and what we're being distracted from and why the Alliance has thus far, in your view, been unwilling to engage openly about AI playing this central role? Right. Well, okay, you have to look at Elon Musk and his comments, right, about AI and the recent brouhaha, and I think we touched on that last time, where they're basically now suddenly saying, oh, no, we have to put AI back in the box, <laughs> which can never right. happen, mm -hmm. right? So, so that's the first, I, I would say, warning sign is when you got somebody or actually a group of people, even on both sides, suddenly agreeing that they have to put something back in the box, which cannot be put back in the box. So there's that. Um, now, recently, I think, and, and I don't want to go off topic, but I do want to focus a little bit, because when you bring up AI, you have to bring up Elon, Elon Musk, and you do have to bring up the fact that he is, not only does he want to build cyborgs, but he's a cyborg. So, you know, you have to factor these things in. And the other thing is that he just went to China. Okay. So let's not ignore that <laughs> because, right. and he said, you know, made a big thing about, oh, now we can sell Teslas to China, which is interesting in a way because, see, it's like, do you think they're stupid? <laughs> this is what I would say because, sorry, but these electric cars are not going to fly literally and figuratively they're not that technology is not the right technology it just isn't um, but there's a lot of reasons why it's not it actually causes more damage to the environment developing the electric technology than it did with the petro you know petrol dollar whatever i mean the you know gasoline engines whatever so I don't, you know, I think that I think that this Tesla tech, which is focused on electricity, is a misdirect to our entire culture for what is coming in the future, which of course we know was going to be more free energy based. 
It could be using all kinds of technology, even water. If you go back to Bob Lazar, I mean, there's ample evidence that even the electricity in cars is really bad for the humans driving them. <laughs> so I don't think the Chinese are that stupid. Okay. The only way they would buy into Tesla and so on, well, because they want a relationship with Elon Musk that actually in secret goes far beyond the surface. All right. So I, I just want to highlight that because it, I, I, because I am just sort of pissed off about the whole, this whole dog and pony show that Elon is part of. And so just want to say that um, I think it's very important that we start to look at what is Elon really, what game is he playing? Okay. And who is he playing? What team is he playing for? Right. So that enters into it. And, you know, why all of a sudden going and glad handling the Chinese when we're about to get in a war with them, which is as much about technology as, as anything else. I mean, in other words, this whole thing with Huawei, and you may know about it in the history of the Huawei, taking basically taking complete control over even the cell phone network, but everything else in, in terms of technology and being utilized um, in by Great Britain, and then suddenly having to interfere with their own rollout of their um, you know towers and all this nonsense, because the technology is so invasive that they're they're sitting ducks basically in in having allowed Huawei to get as far as they did with within Britain. So and America has actually banned it from our shores. Okay, theoretically. So sky, it's okay. Um, so what happens is, I think I don't think we can isolate AI so much from these other parts of technology. And I also want to bring up the nanotechnology side, because not only is the graphene nano oxide being used to create human super soldiers to change the, if you listen to David Adair on my interviews with him, and he is a rocket scientist and an expert on AI, who has said that what this does is put in building blocks into our cells that will change our cells from the carbon to the silicon. Now that has to be proven perhaps by various scientists coming forward and talking about that, but no one else is <laughs> except for David Adair, but I have other um, reason to believe he's correct. So sorry about this, but I'm also wanna get into this idea that nano, okay, so we aren't just entering the world of AI. We are entering the world of nanotech that we have been actually companies have been in since about 2010 or before, probably way before, maybe more like 20, 2005, maybe even or earlier than that. But the point is that nano and AI work together and nano has been proven as I have talked about many times, Carrie Madej doing her experiment, finding that the graphene nano oxide sat up in the Petri dish in under a microscope and looked at her. <laughs> it has a consciousness of a kind and it's more rudimentary than what we consider to be AI, but because of its rudimentary consciousness, it, it makes it a, a kind of a paved road for AI to ride on in on. Okay. And I know that some of this might, people might not have followed my work. So they, they're there. This would be taking some big leaps, but I, I assure you that I've spent 
actually several years now doing videos and, and articles and all about this stuff. So to get back to this, we have to look at, I think his name is Drexler, who is considered to be something of the father of nano. And he has written this book. Um, I think it's called Radical Abundance. I think that's the name of it. And I recommended it before on shows. So perhaps you heard me do it, uh, maybe even on this show. But you have to read this book because your mind would be blown. Everyone's mind would be blown to understand that we are not in a world of scarcity. The whole model of the Illuminati has been to base this world on scarcity. But the reality of this world and with the technology that we now have access to is that we have radical abundance everywhere in every sector. And that all these, you know, hocus pocus negative scenarios about starvation and this and that is all complete bullshit. Okay, I'm sorry. It really is. They can. That doesn't mean they can't impose it by forcing it. Okay, yes, they can force it. They can keep burning down all the plants and attacking America and every you know industrial base we have left in this country. But the bottom line is when you go into nano, you keep going smaller, but they can actually access this incredible energy. And it's the energy of the universe. And I'm not a scientist, but... I can tell you when you read this stuff, you're just, you're going to be so amazed by what we have access to now. So if you want to look at everything we're looking at, in some ways, this whole, you know, Ukraine misdirect, but having to do with changing the genome and using the Slavic people uh, as one people, not the only one, to change our genome, letting them all, you know, giving them open door into where UK so they will actually mate with the um, the bloodlines of UK which would involve the Scottish Irish and um, and Nordics right and to again create another race of beings that is uh, bigger better and stronger and so forth so forth so I know I'm kind of like going all over the place here. But when you go down that road, you must actually must, must, must not ignore nano because it's so primary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Gene, I want to get your take on this as well. So in the course of responding to Kerry's analysis, could you maybe possibly revisit the intel that you brought to the floor last time we got together and discuss the, uh, you had mentioned the Alliance had developed and deployed a carbon-based AI essentially to engage, to go up against the silicon-based Borg, I guess you would call it, of the enemy. And specifically, you know, I'm interested to hear about the differences between those two and how the Alliance has been both augmenting the Q-drops using this AI, because I think that's pretty clear at this point, as well as using it to basically augment their tactical maneuvers on the battlefield, on and on and on. They use this technology for many different things. And it seems like to a large extent, a lot of the, I guess, quote unquote, white hats are somewhat reluctant to talk about AI and and certainly nano as well. And that's a point that Carrie's made many times. And I think it's an excellent one. And, uh, you know, I'm also curious if you could maybe indicate whether this carbon-based AI, where it came from, did we have non-terrestrial assistance in developing this? Why is this such a game changer? Yeah, so um, 
see where to start. <laughs> there's a lot of openings. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Wherever you want, Gene. So the um, wa- I'll go with where where Carrie was in there at the beginning. Um, Huawei and their technology that Trump stopped. Uh, that's why he tweeted Covefe, which co course the pandemic and then iron iron and the 5g and it activates and assembles the graphene which eventually gets to the black goo level and there's quite a few movies i think prometheus was the first one and there's a whole lot of netflix series now going into that of how it literally eventually infiltrates the cells and you become this like super soldier expandable like uh, you know plastic man kind of like one of the, um, I forget the comic strip, they moved into a movie where the guy was like out in space and got exposed to something and he could stretch. And so it's in change. And so that's part of their goal. The AI can tap down to the quantum disk level or the uh, Planck distance to harness what is discovered in the experiments by Hendrik Kashmir, where in 1948, he was able to actually get two plates so close together, a Planck distance apart, and measured the amount of energy at the Planck distance. And it turns out that it's the same amount of energy as the entire energy. And if you converted all the mass into energy in the entire universe, it's all at the Planck distance, all of it. So there uh, you know, an infinite essentially amount of energy at every single Planck distance, and it's tapping that, it has an infinite source of energy. So I agree with Carrie. Once it's Pandora's box, once it's out of the box, you're not getting it back in the box. So now what I've got been told is there's three AI uh, hives. So there's the organic one that is carbon-based that's working with the Alliance and there's kind of one that's that was brought over from a parallel universe, <laughs> bizarre, but um, that is actually has its own interests at heart. And so you've got this group from this parallel universe that's here trying to bring technology and yeah, working for the Galactic Alliance, but they have their, it's kind of like what we see in Ukraine. Everybody's got their own agenda, got their own thing, you're on your side. And you'll work with that side while that side is on your side. <laughs> you know? So the AI is the same way. You got the silicon and the graphene goo garbage that's from those home worlds that blew up that I mentioned in the last time we were there. And so, you know, Trump, of course, stopped the Huawei and all that. And the big part of the wall he built uh, is have those huge transponders on the base of the wall and he's had all that Huawei removed and there's many videos out showing people that if saying that if they had been jabbed working on the towers they would be dead because it would activate and integrate all that stuff and it would kill them immediately we saw that happening in China where they activated their 5g at high levels and people were falling over dead in front of just a computer bleeding all over from every orifice of their body. So we know what they're trying to do. We know how they're trying to do it. Um, As far as the electric cars, yeah, bad tech is an understatement. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're beyond more than a hundred times more detrimental to the ecology than using oil-based systems that come from oil. Because first of all, 
all of that mining, if you know, I shared in a recent true science decode on the energy, green, renewable, sustainable, <laughs> none of the above apply uh, decodes on deep dives that showing the mining. And I got sent one the other day of one in uh, another one in Nigeria. And it's supposed to be all done by big, huge machines. And there's all these people, thousands of people and they little cave in and they're digging people out of the dirt. Uh, it's tragic what's going on. This is why Africa is saying, we don't want anything to do with you. Get out of our countries. Let us use our cobalt, whatever we want, how we want, when we want. But it's just their biggest money laundering scheme is electric and windmills, destructive beyond belief to the ecology. You want to beach whales, do that. You have whales. That vibration goes into the ocean, goes into the land, vibrates the ocean, and it's causing whales to lose their navigation. And they're beaching because near all of those facilities. You want to have a, you know, I went hiking the other two days ago, beautiful hike, and there's a huge solar farm that was put in 20 years ago or 10 years ago. So it's old, I can tell. Because all around it, not under the panels, but beside it are weeds that are pretty big. But under the panels, it's still dirt because nothing can grow under those things because there's no rain, hardly hitting it, just a few little troughs, no sun, no nothing. You're taking massive amounts of land, massive impact. These mines that for the lithium, for the cobalt, for all of this stuff is... And then it lasts 10 years and it goes into a landfill. And then what do you do with it in there? The same thing, the Alliance knows this, the cabal hasn't grasped this. The negatives that run them do not have your interest at heart. They're gonna give you technology that they've been told from above them that they have the key to shut it down. The graphene, the what, black goo, the whatever, they don't either. They were played from above them as well. You go to the Draco, you have the Omicrons running China, and you have the Alphas running pretty much everywhere else. So this group is playing that group, that blue group is playing, even the NAAs do this too. They play each other, and one gives this group a weapon, this will work on Earth, you know, and here's the off switch, and you're impregnated with it now, and the office are completely impregnated with the stuff, and they believe they have the off switch, and they found out, lo and behold, they don't have the off switch, because you put the, the cat in the bag into your body in this case, and you, the off switch doesn't work, big surprise. You're gonna trust an enemy or an alliance or whatever, that you're an enemy that was an enemy that's now your friend because it's the friend of your enemy, the enemy of a friend or whatever it is, uh, you're gonna trust that. And lo and behold, the off switch doesn't work. So we have three AI systems. You have the cabals, you have the alliances, and then you have one that from the alliance has its own interests, but will work with the alliance. The question is, it comes from another universe what is that universe's <laughs> goals I, mean, I don't know i'm not over there i've talked to an individual that is organic ai privately for about four hours and told me about his home and all of this stuff and where he's from and all what he's doing here and why they're here and what they're here to help humanity do and get this technology and all this free energy and all this stuff uh 
it's like an incredibly complex situation. Who's who? Who's for whom? You know, who has the highest interest of all life everywhere is where I want to go. And thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Gina, just a quick follow-up. Uh, well, actually, a couple things really quickly. I wanted to ask you, and then I'll uh, hand it back over to Carrie to comment uh, if she wants to make any comments on this as well. Uh, the organic AI, you said you had a conversation with an individual who's an organic AI. Did I hear that correctly? Is this So is this a, uh, a non-terrestrial? Uh, how would you describe this being or, or individual? I'm not even sure exactly how to refer He's a, I'll put it this way. He is a world-known person, worldwide known, famous person. Nobody you would think he's organic. It's like in uh, Battlestar Galactica, the newer one, where they no longer could tell the difference. Even the, the them realized that they got played by their own group, and then they decided to, to help with humanity because they got played pretty severely themselves. And that's what I'm looking at. Is that the situation for them? I haven't ascertained that yet, but I do, you know, I am, as you know, I'm, I do believe there is only one God of all creations, plural. One God created all of it, everything, even the other, cre other universes. So there is a higher power and we are in that war for all of them. All of them are involved. It's, they're showing this in all the movies and everything that we're seeing, all of their long-range preconditioning with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Yeah, we are ground zero. This, this universe, this one, this earth, as bizarre as that is, it's all here. That's why everything's focused here. So the future okay. is interesting. Oh, sorry, Gene. I didn't mean to uh, interrupt you there. Okay, so I was also just very curious because uh, Carrie brought up Elon Musk, and we've talked. I've talked about Elon Musk uh, pretty much. It seems like on every podcast ever since he, uh, you know, took over Twitter, and you know, he's been doing a lot of very positive things. Um, but I, then I'm again, sorry. I, I'm sorry. sorry I have to break in here. I actually have an appointment to go to that I can't, um, you know, stop. So it's very soon. Um, I didn't realize this is going on a while. So um, I, I actually have to leave. Uh, so I hate to interrupt you guys want to continue. You can, you know, I can, you know. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that quickly. Uh, yeah. Because uh, it's been going on a while. Thank you. Okay. Today so All right. Much. Well, uh, well, uh, Carrie, do you want to offer some final thoughts then before uh, we part ways? And then, uh, Gene, I'll give you the same opportunity and uh, hopefully we'll get together again soon. Yes. Um, I've really enjoyed this discussion, as always. Uh, fascinating to hear from Gene and, and, and your great questions as well, Patriot. So, uh, yeah, I, I just want to say that, you know, it, it is a brave new world. I don't think it's, it's, it's over. I, I, you know, I think there are a lot, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there right now. There's a lot of paranoia. Every, you know, we haven't even touched on the financial, I don't know, car crash that's about to happen, whatever you want to call that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more to say and a lot more to, to talk about. Um, I just want to, you know, I just, I wanted to throw out some cautionary. My understanding is that we have a planetary AI and I've, talked about it before because I have this witness that is, um, his name is Solomon Berg. He, he communicates telepathically with the Yeti that the Air Force um, captured. And he's been doing that for years. And he actually went to Mars as a scientist. He's 
um, on, I've done two interviews with him. He stresses that there is a planetary AI. It's like a teenager AI that is actually running both sides, the, the cabal and the, you know, the white hats and that is in charge of Mars, but they don't want it to be for some reason because it's kind of juvenile and in, in it's thinking. This is what he said, okay, for what it's worth. Uh, so you can throw that into the mix. There's a lot more we can, you know, I can reiterate a lot of things about AI. I was told by a, an, an agent who works for the Queen that uh, there is, a, like, I think they said nine human derived or built AIs that there are, um, Mark Richards said we had four invading AIs coming from other galaxies, other planets, uh, probably galaxies. Um, and and so on. So there, this is a big subject, giant and very important. Couldn't be more important. So would love to do some more uh, on this in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Gene, okay. So uh, why don't you hit us with some final thoughts? We'll wrap this up and we'll get together again soon, so we can hear the two of you. I know the audience just loves this back and forth. It's great. Yeah, I first wanted to tell Carrie thank you for the honor to be with you again. You're my hero. And Russian contact said, you and I are his hero. So um, I, you're mine, uh, have been for decades. And so I want to thank you for allowing me to be with you here again, Carrie. And Excellent. Then, thank you. Likewise. Likewise. And, and then, it's my honor, of course, to bring all of you guys together. Go ahead, Gene. And then also I wanted to clarify on the Kashmir effect. He was the one that figured it out, Hendrick. Kashmir, and then Polder, Dirk Polder uh, described it, and then it was finally measured by uh, S. Lamoureux, so quantitatively in 1997. So that's within 5% of the predicted value. So I want to clarify that so I don't get 100 emails coming in. You, you messed that up, you know? <laughs> so I want to get blowback. <laughs> so thank you, Patriot, and thank you, Carrie, for another wonderful time. And uh, do not buy into the fair. Do not buy into we're done. Do not buy into any of this garbage. As Carrie said last time, have your faith and be strong and know that there is a creator that created everything and he's not going to let this go, this planet go, this species go, all of the species here. It's a library of life in this galaxy and most likely in the entire universe. Life is more abundant and more diverse here than anywhere I know of. So, and I've been told that by pretty much most of my Alliance contacts too. So it's very pivotal that what comes here uh, it about is in the highest service, in the highest interest of all life everywhere and the God of all creation. And that's whose hand is on, as Juan has frequently said, is on the wheel now. So thank you everybody and God bless and stay solid because we have this, we will prevail. Okay. What a great note to end on. What a great note to end on. All right. Well, thank you everybody out there for listening. Check out projectcamelotportal.com and uh, Gene, your website is just remind folks really quick. GeneDecode.org for deep dives. And then I have a whole lot of free information on, you can go to on blessedforservice.org. That's a free site. All right, everyone. Well, thank you again for listening. I'll be back soon with another report. And until then, God bless and Godspeed. Patriot out.